And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo. You're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 114. In this episode, we will be discussing the short story, The Soldier Prince, from the Language of Thorns. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the fantastic, lovely, incredible Lee Bardugo. Moi sabiani, Caster. Oh, hi there. Hi. So, we got listener cities. Uh-huh. First, we have Royce Norway. Oh, What's up, my ancestor peeps? Yes. Oh, my God. I want to go there so badly. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you after. So, and next, we're going to Gold Coast, Australia. Woo. Thank you guys for listening so much. Before we get into this episode, we have a special guest with us, and it's actually going to be a new little segment for a while. For those of you that don't know, the Bookish Song Collective is a group of very talented artists that are putting together an album for the Shadow and Bone 10th anniversary. And we actually have Gio, the very talented artist with us this episode. Hi, Gio. Hey, Gio. Hi. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, We are so happy that you're here. So first off, how did you find the Grishaverse and get introduced to this wonderful world? Okay, so um, I actually bought Shadow and Bone around the year that it came out. And I left it on my shelf along with a million other books and forgot about it for years. And then uh, one day my friend, uh, Yoke, who actually is doing the album artwork for us. Uh, she posted a drawing of Inej and I thought it was beautiful. And my friends and I were all asking her, oh my God, who is this gorgeous character? Where is this from? And she told us, oh my God, you guys need to read Six of Crows. And so we did. And I got obsessed with it. And now here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. So you entered through Six of Crows. Did you go back and read the trilogy? I did, yeah. Awesome. So without further ado, let's, Let's listen to a little sneak peek of your track. Hope you guys like it. Wow. So good. That is awesome. Wow. So <laughs> what inspired you to create a track about Inej? I know that you that was your first inspiration to the Grishaverse, but did like why do you love Inej so much? Or <laughs> Oh my gosh. I okay, well I I actually did write um a Six of Crows song about all six of the crows. So I had written about Inej before, but in like a very limited scope. So I was really excited to get to actually do a whole song dedicated to her because she's one of my favorite characters really of all time. Um, and I guess I just love how, I just love her per- her perseverance, her kindness, her strength, um, her her sense of identity, just all of that just really speaks to me on a personal and emotional level. So I wanted to do a tribute to her and hopefully do her justice. Well, you did a fantastic job. It's, it's beautiful. So um, the track is named Wraith and um, what do you hope fans and listeners will get out of your song? Um, Well, I hope that when people listen to it, they understand that the song is not only a celebration of her character, but also, um, you know, a story about her becoming more than the wraith that she has had to become due to 
extenuating circumstances um, because the song is about a lot of things, including, you know, her, her struggles and her faith, but more than anything, it's about her freedom. So I hope that when people listen to it, they take that away from it and that they feel empowered. And in addition, I just hope that people jam to it and like, you know, I bang to it in their car. I don't know. I, I I've always loved rock music and making rock music. So that's always also been a huge goal of mine when releasing uh, big tracks like this. That's an incredible answer. I love it. Um, I, Inezha is a really incredible character and I think you definitely did do her justice. I, I bet listeners can't wait to hear the rest of the song. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, We look forward to the release of Sinners and Saints. But before you go, will you please tell everyone how they can get a copy of this album? Absolutely. Yeah, you guys can. uh, Right now, you can actually pre-save it. Um, If you go to the Bookish Songs Collective's link tree, you can find links to pre-save it on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Amazon, and wherever you prefer to stream your music. And on June 10th, you'll be able to buy it on iTunes, stream it wherever you'd like and hopefully put it on your playlist and love it as much as we do. That's awesome. We definitely will. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and um, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Well, she was just fantastic. Yeah, it's always fun to have a special guest. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to hear all the different songs that they've created. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It is. So, um... Well, how have you been, girl? I'm okay. Yeah? Yes. I graduated and uh, give me all your money. Hire me. Yes. Everybody send checks to GrishaCast. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I've been pretty good and everything's quiet at work because it's now summertime. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. That's great. Well, I am so proud of you. Thanks. And for all of you listeners, you if you pay, what if you follow our Instagram, which you should, we posted a beautiful picture of Terry graduating. Aww, so I was yay. so excited. And yeah, we are so proud of you because we have been with you this whole journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Isn't it crazy how this podcast just leads us through life and like yep. we like. Start. It's a snapshot in time as we go. Yep. Yep. We, we start like little, like all of a sudden little projects. And then before mm-hmm. you know it, all of a sudden you've graduated. And yeah, it's just. So it's cool. followed your Kate adoption is. story. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, we, I had a fantastic week. And just to let you listeners know, Terry did something. She's got me hooked, and she's been taking me out, which I hadn't been doing, um, but I went to another concert, and it was fantastic. Like, so great. Um, And Terry, I just thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, we we were having discussions about uh, music, new music, um, how... Uh, there's not really good music happening really. And so I kind of stepped in and was like, well, wait a minute, (laughs) there is great music happening. It's just not getting played. Um, and you have to, you have to search for it. So, Mm -hmm. um, and the music that I've been, uh, you know, handing him is it's, uh, it's kind of nineties ish. It's got the angst and the, the noise and everything else, but it's obviously, you know, modernized, um, so I'm happy that my best friend is enjoying my music. It's incredible. I, um, I really like, especially, so the, when we went to go see Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. that was great. I loved it. I, um, started listening to them a little bit before. So I got like in tune, like I was excited for some songs and, um, that was amazing and I loved them. This concert was different because I didn't really have enough time. I had so much stuff going on. I didn't have enough time to really do research and listen to them fully. However, um, it was just such an eye-opening experience because I'm just going to say I have never wanted to be one of those people or understood the people that go and wait in line 
to get up front for general admission seats. And I've always just like, I would never do that. Like I, I, but after this experience, which of course, Terry got there way before me, I did like, I didn't, I actually had something going on, but then did get there and I'm, we were right up front, like up, up front. Like I, the term is we got rail. Oh, okay. Well, now I know. I got rail. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. <laughs> um, it was just incredible because usually after the opening band, I always want to go take a break or move around. However, first off, the opening band was great mm-hmm. and incredible as well. But after they performed, I did not want to move for the first time. And it was like, I... I understood it. Like, I I get why it's worth waiting and going there and getting those seats because that is an experience. Like, being that close. And then then the band comes on. And they're so talented and so good. And it's, um, uh, I just, like, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, I was trying to think about it. Like, I couldn't put the experience into words because I was just overwhelmed I had such a good time and it was, I got, I felt like I had a release. I felt like also there was like this strange connection that I had with everybody there. Like we were all on the same like way, like, I don't know. It was just, it was a really amazing experience and I, I loved every second of it. And I was just, like, feeling like a body high afterwards. <laughs> and I just, it was so great. Um, I wouldn't shut up about it the next day. And by the way, when I got home, I, I Chris always waits for me. Um, so he hadn't gone to sleep. But I was all chatty and blah, 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 and had, like, so much stuff. And he was ready for bed. And I got in bed, but I never fell asleep, and I was totally fine the next morning, too. I just was so geared up, and when I talked to people at work the next day, it was just, I was sounding like I do when I'm nervous. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that, that. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. I just, but I can't thank you enough just because, and I know that sounds so crazy. It was just, you, you, that was an experience that, I've never had before, and it was a life-changing experience. And I know that sounds crazy because I've seen some, I've seen people that I love and like have been infatuated with. However, this experience was just different than any of the other concerts I have ever been to. And it was because of the place. I think also the fact that like there was such a talented band and I didn't know the music and I got to actually experience the music. I also am one of those people that would say I would never take out a phone during a concert because I want to experience it. And I would never take a picture or video. I couldn't stop because I wanted to like, I wanted to remember and it have try to feel that again. And I wasn't watching the concert through my phone. I just had it like sitting there. Um, and I haven't gone back to look at all the videos, but... I have a lot. I just, it was so cool. <laughs> so welcome to my religion. Yes. Because it's it's a religious experience. You've converted me, girl. <laughs> so, I mean. So um, talking with uh, the fan club um, and a few other people, uh, that show last, or that show that we went to was very different um, than the rest of the shows on the tour. There was something about Nashville um, that like got them going. Like they don't, I I was told and the shows that I've been to previously, I mean, they haven't, they, they said that they don't crowd surf anymore. They don't get all in the crowd like that. So something about Nashville got really like hyped up and everybody, everybody was talking about how it was such a different show. And it was like the shows that I've been to before for them have been fantastic because they're they talented, are. yeah. Uh, but there was something in the air <laughs> during that show that was just electric, and it was it was great. And for those of you that are listening in the UK uh, or in Europe, are going to um, 
be very jealous uh, because we were on rail for Royal Blood, which is not something that you can do over there very easily because they are massive and they sell out massive, massive stadiums over there. So uh, very lucky to have had that experience. And uh, Cleopatrick, for those Canadians, um, opened and I... Uh, discovered him on a road trip. Uh, <laughs> the lead singer? Cleopatra. Dis- okay. I discovered Cleopatra um, on Spotify mm-hmm. on, during a road trip. Uh, Spotify was like, hey, if you like this, then you might like yeah. that. And uh, typically they're wrong because <laughs> I have very, <laughs> yeah. very distinct taste. Like once somebody really listens to my music, then you can say that, you know, yes, rather or not, I would like that. But, um, the very first song that popped up, I was like, yes, yes, Spotify. I do, in fact, like that. Uh, <laughs> so I had, uh, I was telling him that story too, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was just, it was an experience I will never forget. And um, like, I am, I, I dressed up for this show. I couldn't wait. This is my shirt. <laughs> that I was able to buy, and yes, it they did not have the size I wanted. I will never be able to wash this because I'll never be able to fit in it again. <laughs> um, however, I did also get ooh, look at this a little sweatband it says Royal Blood. Um, by the way, when I at at the beginning, like I realized I was just gonna buy one thing, yeah, and then. It happened. Like, I just, like, I was like, you know what? I, I have to get this stuff. I, I want more things. And I just was, ugh, it was so incredible. Um, I got kind of, like, teary-eyed when I was walking to my car because I saw their, like, um their buses. Yeah. And I almost was just like, oh, I wonder if, like, people were able to, like, get, stand out there and meet them. Because mm-hmm. I, I know that, they like, that. at TPAC... You know, like after those shows, like the Broadway shows, there's um, an exit to- on the side of the building. I remember I used to always run to because you could meet the actors when they were walking to their hotel. And that's what it reminded me of. And Yeah, people do that. Yeah, well. I, I just lo- don't feel like fighting oh. people to to meet them. Well, and I would have absolutely, I would have done that. Because that's how incredible it was. But I I am jealous of everybody that has the chance to see them now on their Europe Europe tour. Um, however, they're go- it's some like they have one more stop before they go to Europe. Don't like I think I was looking I was looking at I thought they, they were in Atlanta last night. That's what it was. Yeah, because I literally was like I want to go to that, but there was no possible way I yeah. could. But I experienced it, and it was. Incredible. It changed my, I know that sounds so cheesy. I feel weird saying it changed my life, but, um, are you going to go to desk rocks with us? So I want, yeah, okay. I, I absolutely do. You're going to wait with us out front. So w- when it, when is that? <laughs> is it during a weekday again? Uh huh. So I can come right up Friday. Okay. Right after work, I will leave. I won't schedule anything. Yeah. That was, that was the issue was I had, things going so, on yeah but so come have another religious experience i will and i think <laughs> i'm gonna do the same thing i think i'm not gonna really research oh, okay much because that's i think i i love dead poet society so much but that i don't know maybe i like gonna, to know the lyrics I, I like to be able to like scream the lyrics right. and like know what's going on and i feel true when I don't know what's going on, like, even if I love it, I feel like an imposter. <laughs> I did feel that, like, everybody else knew the lyrics and were, like, screaming, and I was kind of nervous, like, oh, my God, please don't look at me, because everybody else is, like, screaming, and I'm just going to be sitting here smiling. Um, but, oh, <laughs> incredible. So, I don't even know what the time is, because I forgot to set it. We've yeah. probably been talking for 20 minutes oh, about yeah. it. However, incredible. Um, yeah, so um, Grisha Cast, we're turning it into a music podcast. So, <laughs> well, um, anyways, it was fantastic. If you have the opportunity, 
ever to see yeah. them or if you just want to listen to them, it's incredible. And they do have a couple albums, but I still haven't stopped listening to. Uh, you're I can't, missing out. I'm excited to listen to their other albums, but their latest one, I just, I, every single song on there, I am, I love it. Like I'm a, I'm attached to them and, uh, anyways. Okay. So let's, let's do some Grisha verse stuff. <laughs> um, so we are almost done with the language of thorns. I can't believe it. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I don't think I have ever read this story before. I thought I had read everything, but somehow the soldier prince, I I don't remember it at all. I must have missed it because this story was very unique to me and very different. Um, again, um, I did really enjoy watching the artwork um, with this one, but... Um, Anyways, it's a it's a cool story. Um, I think what I'm trying to put like pieces together. I think it's interesting. You know, there's a a clocksmith um, that got he was banished from somewhere. Where was it? So he's because this is in Kurt, right? Yes. Yes. Because there, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And there was like remember there was that weird saint story with the clocks, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't any. Nope, no relation. See, I try. <laughs> it says clock, so I want to connect it. But um, anyways, it's a. I thought it was a really neat story. Um, it's similarities. I get some Pinocchio vibes. Um, definitely. It's literally a retelling of the Nutcracker. And it, I, it's, yeah, yeah. So, like even down to the names. Really? Yeah. See, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the yeah, it's story literally of the Nutcracker. Nutcracker. I've seen the ballet, but and I love that, but I've never... That's I the Nutcracker. I know, but I don't know their names <laughs> or anything. Well, you don't remember in the ballet when the Rat King comes out and they have a battle and... Oh, All yeah. Right. Well, I all, when I have seen it, it's, I've always just like... You know me, my <laughs> memory, I... Is it fish? I'm Dory. That's right. I <laughs> literally. So like I I always remember it being beautiful and lovely. However, I forget it. But yeah, you are absolutely right. It is um yeah. So okay, let's get into the story a little bit. Um we have like we'll discuss the moral of the story later. However, I did think there were some really neat ones in this one. Um what there, did you think about it? There's some interesting themes, yeah. There are. Um, so we follow a guy that's pretty much like, I mean, just his name's Drozen, and he's he's the clockmaker, and he's also, he is a fabricator. Yeah, yes, um, he's a fabricator. And he makes weird things, and he's just kind of like an oddball. A tinkerer. A tink. Aw. Chris, you hear that? Aw. He always, because that's what he said. He he'll say, "I'm going to go out and tinker." Mm-hmm. So he's a tinker. Um, however, he's just like he's just this weird guy. He wants like, but he's got some weird motives. He he wants a wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wants like fame and he wants fortune and all that. Yeah. But he's got this air about him that just is odd and. It fascinates people, but also keeps them away. Kind of like the... It's interesting. Kind of almost like the Darkling in a sense, you know? Um, but it, I think that's the same kind of theme that we get throughout this and the Lives of Saints is that people want to use whatever Grisha power it is, but they shun them. They're not like in yes. normal society. So it's the same kind of theme we've seen... For the past two books. Yeah. And he he makes these really weird things that do really odd odd yeah. things that also have weird things that happen afterwards. Like um I definitely found the the fortune teller like thing that he made and like it told a girl that um oh you're gonna be rich, blah blah blah. <laughs> and literally she then like go I guess she's going on her honeymoon. 
um, sailing across the true sea. And she's got so many riches, it just sinks. Mm-hmm. Mm, weird. Um, however, they keep on bringing up this holiday that I couldn't remember for the life of me. And maybe it was in the beginning and, you know, that Dory thought, Knoxville. <laughs> I, I kept calling it Knoxville. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Because it sounds... Knoxville. <laughs> yes. It sounds similar. So mm. in my brain, I was like, Knoxville. So do you remember uh, like anything about Knoxville? Have we ever heard of it? Did they... Or am I... Because I'm just wondering whether I have completely missed it. Because you have a great memory and you you know stuff. It seems I like an interesting... Know stuff. It seems like an interesting holiday, though, um, because it's like... Well, it's definitely a Kirch holiday, which yeah. means that it has something to do with money. Yeah. <laughs> I do find, like, yeah, through Knoxville and into the new year. Um, so it's kind of like... it's. See, I've always thought that um, the... The Nikolai, well, no, that's not a holiday. That's more about, like, um, just the solstice. But maybe this is more about, like, bringing in the new year. Um, I could look it up. You know, that, I could. I was I was hoping you were going to keep talking. <laughs> I oh, <laughs> I could. Honey, y- you've come to the right spot because, you know, I don't shut up. Um, but, and you know what's funny is I went to, like, the Grishaverse wiki to, like, and they didn't even this is, it's the first time I've ever seen this. They didn't have this story summarized, like, at all. Oh, it's all over Reddit. Oh, well, I don't do Reddit. But the Grishaverse Wiki has every other one, like, summarized, yet this one, it, what does it say? I'm going to look for it again, because it, I thought it was really funny. TBA, under huh. summary. And I'm like, what? Um. Okay. But, um... I'm going to see, like, I don't think we've ever heard of Knoxville. I don't think so, at least. Um, I didn't, in my, uh, uh, what was I, in my research, nothing came up about it, so. Okay, so the consensus is in. We have no clue what the hell Knoxville is. It's just (laughs) a holiday that sounds like Knoxville. Which is a party town. Oh, um, hold on. Ooh. A week-long Kirch holiday. We just found it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It Read it. took me like two seconds. What have you been doing over there? Well, I just started looking, and then I was talking and typing, and I can't <laughs> do that at the same time. So, any, the the rest of it is our story. Yeah, you're it's right. Just, it's really not a... It's just, it just says a week-long... Kirch holiday. Kirch holiday. During the week, many parties and entertainments were given. Yeah, that's like any other holiday. Yep. So not a whole lot about it. Okay. Well, our family we're following is the Zelverhaus family. Um, they're, and they're, I'm guessing your typical, like, you know, rich, not like they have royalty, but they've got... They host parties every year. Everybody mm-hmm. seems to want to go to them. Um, They're in society. Yes. Very. Which I thought was kind of neat. Um, but another thing I appreciated about the story is the way it goes back and forth. But I, and now since you talk about the Nutcracker, I can't believe how, yeah, of course it is the Nutcracker. It's There's literally a, the Nutcracker. There is a Nutcracker. Okay. So... One creepy thing we we got to get to it is like so he Jordan wants to be famous and all these things and he also wants to get a wife um and decides that he th- he pretty much knows that no girl his age or anybody that would be age appropriate would be interested in him so he needs someone that he can mold, and he decides that he's going to try to then, he's like picked out his bride, um, or who he wants to marry, and she happens to be a 12-year-old girl um, from this family. She's, he's not marrying her then, but he's like, 
making a match. It's uh, called grooming. Yes, I know. Um, it's it's disgusting, mm-hmm. um, and especially the fact that it's um, because like when I think of matchmaking, I have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I think of that, and that's about the Jewish community, obviously. But that at still is different because that is a specific person finding a match that is around like age appropriate and things like that. And somebody else, like they're putting a couple together. This is literally him making it possible because he, it literally says he needed a girl still malleable, one that he could make admire him. She was not yet 12 then. Yeah. And he makes her dolls. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> I know. I don't. I, especially after the last one, I just... Well, uh, that was much. That was a lot. That was... I just... Yeah. I don't know. It seems very problematic to me. <laughs> and, like, why it's allowed... To, like, how many people did this pass through? And they're like, this is fine. This is good. See, I, the other story that surprised me a lot. Um, I didn't expect it. However, like, I mean, this one, this didn't bother me. I, I think it's like, I don't know. It just, I, um, I really enjoyed the story. I think, um, it's creepy. It's disgusting. Um, but I just, I guess it just, um, I don't know. It, so, he has these weird, he's, yeah, he's a weird, he's pretty much a creepy old man, but he's not a creepy old man because he's, he's definitely younger. He seems like in his 20s or something, and he, it's very odd, and he, yeah, he decides that he's going to, the way he's going to get this girl to eventually adore him is by getting, like, he makes her, yeah, a doll, but specifically, it's a a nutcracker, mm-hmm. and um, who's supposed to spy on her and yes. have her tell him all her secrets, and eh. <laughs> so what's we? Yeah, like I'll read this part. Um, this is while he's like creating the nutcracker. So over many long nights in his workshop, Dro- Drusen made for her an elegant pale-eyed nutcracker with a bright blue coat and shiny black boots, a wicked little bayonet tucked into one blocky fist. You must tell him all your secrets, said you must tell him all your secrets, said Drusen, as he placed the doll in Clara's arms, and he will keep them safe for you. She promised that she would. So sorry, yeah, like, it wasn't when he was making, but when he was giving it to her. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, like, a little girl, like, loves, like, things like that, um, especially dolls. Um, also, we do have to remember that it's pointed out she is a little bit old. She starts, like, as she starts maturing um, and all the other girls are maturing, she's still, like, dreaming and, like, artsy. I'm just... As she's getting older, she's still, like, in the mindset of, like, the 12-year-old girl. And that is even worse. <laughs> I think what that is is I think it's a spell. I, because, I mean... It's gross! Through this whole story, I think there's a lot of magic that goes on. And you've read, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you've read the whole story. So I think there's a lot of spell work that goes on. So that's part of that. Um, he's got the... and. And I know you think it's creepy, so what I'm about to say is if you're w- looking at the pictures, then all of a sudden there's the image of him and he's got one of those puppets um, that ha- obviously is Clara. Um, and it's, yeah. So, however, we keep going on and the we then, what I think is neat is we get in Clara's mind, but we also get in the Nutcracker's mind. So, and that I think is a little fascinating um, because 
the nutcracker itself is like it's got it thinks for himself a little bit and it's yeah she she talks to it and it like comes to life and then but even when they when she puts him away in the cabinet he can think but he doesn't really quite remember everything exactly and that's what i thought was kind of cool is like so she she's playing with her nutcracker and like going like i mean telling him all this stuff um and just playing make believe and then as i think you know when when I was a little boy, I wanted a Prince Charming, and, you know, you pretend like maybe your toys are. So this nutcracker, um, she pretends, like, starts saying things like, are you my darling? Are you mine? Um, and are you my prince? And, yeah, then it gets creepy because then all of a sudden, like, the nutcracker says, I am, and then grows into an actual person, like a, a human, like a, a big person. And what I realized is, um, remember when we did that journal for um, Lee and we all had those little like sayings? Like, so I did one that I didn't realize was a quote, but I found it in here because it's, um, she did not know what to call the place he brought her to fairyland, the land of dreaming. I did that one, and I just thought that was like, <laughs> I thought that was something she came up with. But well, anyway. she did, yeah. So <laughs> she obviously is dreaming. It's like a make believe. She's pretending, and like they they go off and like. I mean, it sounds like a beautiful place. Gumdrop plate, like it. It's just imagination. It's full of fairies and even the nutcracker. Like it's like the nutcracker's home because the nutcracker has a mother there um, that she hopes will like call her princess. And um, she doesn't though. Um, And I think the writing is really interesting because you're in, I got so swept away with the way it was written and this fantasy land that when she gets swept back into reality, like flown starts flying back through the window and all of a sudden is back on the attic floor. I just thought it was written really well. Just, I just hadn't read anything like that. I thought it was really neat because this part got so interesting because when we start going back and forth um, with the Nutcracker's thoughts, like that was, I just thought it was genius because it's like all of a sudden this Nutcracker is having thoughts and doesn't know where he is um but he believes everything he knows about clara and he like believes everything that she's told him that he's fought these wars and killed like all these things and he loves her and then we have our supposed well i mean i guess we think another villain's coming in it's the rat um the rat king yeah and who actually ends up not being the villain at all because he helps. But I thought that was... So this is like, it's like a kid who has taken the Nutcracker and this like sugar rat and was like playing with them. Right. And so the realities, I guess not really, it's this, it's the, it's Clara's imagination or the brother's imagination when they were playing with them that is in the Rat King's and the Nutcracker's mind as their reality. And that, and the Rat King helps explain that. To, yeah. Like, and that's what I thought was really, really, really cool um, was because all of a sudden, like, it's just like, um, let's see. The Rat King just starts explaining it. Um, the Nutcracker's confusion must have shown for the Rat King continued. I realized that's hard to believe, but I was just a confection. He's talking about that he used to be just a sugar mouse or yeah, a sugar mouse. Not even for eating, just for looking at. A charming little marvel, a testament to my maker's skill. It seemed a shame that I should go untasted. My first thought was I wish someone would eat me, but that was but that was enough. Enough for what? 
to get free of the cabinet. Wanting is why people get up in the morning. It gives them something to dream of at night. The more I wanted, the more I became like them, the more real I became. I just thought that was fat. I, I, I thought that was fascinating because I just think that is one, it's a really cool thing. It's, it's a really good moral, you know, I mean, like, and I think it's really neat to see that that is how he like changed. Um, I think I, d- I don't, obviously we don't know what was in Lee's mind. Right. But uh, me as an analyst that I am, Mm-hmm. This was very much um, almost kind of parallel with the gay journey where you are in other people's reality. You are in this like very hetero oh, okay. reality of like, this is what people expect of you. This is, these are the stories you're told. Um, prince, princess, you know, like very. Boys like this blue. Is, Girls like pink. This is everyone else's reality. Yeah. And so when you're younger and you're like, Yep, this is how the world works. Mm -hmm. And then here at this, where you're starting to read is that you start having a thought of your own thought. I wish, or I want, or what about, and then you start growing from there and you start knowing your own reality. So this to me was kind of like the gay theme almost. Uh It's, it's really neat. And I like, and what, as you were just speaking, like, I mean, it's, it reminded me, like, it's just when you start to realize that you have your own thoughts and you can have your own opinions about things Mm -hmm. because we grow up with everybody else's, we're taught everybody else's opinions and what they believe and things like that. And just like it becomes human nature. But then all of a sudden when people start and some people never, I don't think, like, and that's sad, but some people grow up, just keep on believing what they were taught, what they were just told, and it takes them a while to start to have their own individual thought. And once you make that, once you break through that fourth wall and realize, like, okay, like, this is what I thought reality was. This is what you guys have told me, but I actually now see, like, okay, no, there's there's more to this. It's um it's a breaking point. So I think it's and I think that's why I love the story so much because they're so like I thought it was deeper than just the actual story. And um yeah. So to become real, that was neat. I love that he get like the rat we think is just this enemy, um, but it's not. And um he all he has to do is want. And um, I think that's really kind of cool. And let's see. So so here's another part I wanted to read. You walk and talk and laugh when Clara dreams with you, said the Rat King. But those are her desires. They cannot sustain you. My life began with wanting something for myself. I wished to be eaten. Then I wished to eat a piece of cake, a piece of bacon, a sip of wine. I wanted these things from their table. That was when I moved my legs and blinked my eyes. I wanted to see beyond the cabinet door. That was when I found my way into the walls. There I met my rat brothers. They are not charming or pretty, but they live even when no one is looking. I have made a life in the walls with them, unwatched and undesired. I know who I am without anyone there to tell me. So I just think that's so cool. Like I love I love that just because it's just my God, you know, I learned how to be when who I am when no one's looking, you know? I'm and I just think that's great. And especially that like the reality the rats, they're not pretty or charming, but they're real. It's not this fake reality. And um, I think my absolute favorite part of this whole thing is the fact that, like, I really got a good visual of being in a cabinet and not being able to see anything else. And I just think that's really neat because I just hadn't read anything like that before. Um, And just to, like, kind of read his, like, when the Nutcracker starts, like, oh, well, the family gets up and where they go and, like, 
well, I don't know what's past that. And I have no clue. Like, I mean, what is beyond that? And it's just, and, but yet he's also like, he sees everything and he's just in a cabinet, but doesn't, it's like, he's just starting to like understand and, but he's becomes curious. Um, and the rat does warn him of Drew's Drozen. Like he says, beware of Drozen. Um, you're a tool. Yeah. <laughs> You are a gift for Clara. Um, and yeah. So, and then the rat goes away. And so. The- so the next, but the next time he comes to life, um, he starts like. He's, he's got thoughts. He's kind of like, he, he goes along with it a little bit, but then he realizes like, I've got thoughts. Yes. And uh, so, so him and Clara start kind of. Bickering. Having different views on on the stuff, Clara clearly <laughs> wants to go to Fairyland. Yes, um, and the Nutcracker is like, I want to see my world here. I want to know what's here and not go away to this like magical place in my brain again. Like the whole gay her- thing yeah. is like, you don't want to live in your brain. You want it to be your reality. You want to know what your life can be here and not just constantly living in some fantasy world. And I think it's her fantasy, too. Like, I think when they're going to fair, like, it's, yeah. it's not even his world. He's just being, t- yeah. like, he's the tool that gets her there, but it's her, it's her world. It's her fantasy. So he wants to, like, just, he wants to go outside. And that's what's so sad is all he wants to do is he has to just go outside. And she's like, no. What an easy thing to do. And then he's like, I just want to see what's down the road. And it's Ketterdam. Which is really neat. So we're down the road from Ketterdam. Yes. Um, but then this is where the brother comes in. Ugh, um, yeah. And then. Frederick. Yes, Frederick is the brother. And they don't say a lot in here. But from this, it's when you kind of start to understand that, like, Frederick has also played with the, the, nut- the ex- Nutcracker. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, so we kind of start this like bisexual thing here, uh, which I find interesting too, because Clara sees the Nutcracker as a prince, and Frederick sees the Nutcracker as a soldier. Yeah. So we've got this uh, bisexual, bi gender, like kind of like thing going on that I think is kind of cool. Um, I don't think Clara. Realized that, like, I think she thought that since it was only her gift, and we had to remember, like, he's he's in the cabinet in the dining room, so Frederick can go and yeah. get him and play with him and too. play soldier exactly, with, yeah. So, um, but you're absolutely right. It's amazing because they actually she says it. They like as the Nutcracker has kissed Clara, he's also kissed Frederick. But here's the line. Um, So to get a little, I'll read a couple sentences before just to get a little backstory. But the world began to, okay, hold on. So he could make no amends for that now. He knew he must hold to the shape of himself, to the desire for the outside, just a few few steps, just a door or an open window away. Ketterdam, he must remember. So he's like trying to like, remember things because if he doesn't then it escapes and he can't Mm -hmm. do it um but the world began to blur the scent of perfume perspiration frederick's arm around his shoulder clara's feverish eyes as they danced how he knew the steps he could not say but they spun and spun and she whispered to him take me from this place he kissed her beneath the stairs he kissed frederick in the darkened hall do you love her frederick asked could you love me too he loved them both. He loved no one. Wow. I so, didn't see, see again, like, it's really creepy because Frederick's like, can you love her brother too? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, it's you know weird, what? Like, if you're a creepy family, then I mean. weird sibling triad situation that's weird. Um, it is. And the <laughs> by the way, the pictures start getting a little bit more interesting at this point too because now you've got at the top a really creepy 
I don't know what you call that kind of mask, but the plague doctor mask. Is that what it is? A plague doctor mask? Yes. Okay, those things horrify me. Um, yeah, so I th- I thought that was just really creepy. Um, so then just to like, I mean, you know, we they take him to the party. He because he's he's grown and Claire doesn't want him to go down and meet reality, but. Um, Frederick does, and they name him Joseph. 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 And he's introduced to everybody at the party. He's eating food. He's an old friend from school, y'all. Yeah. And they just don't answer questions. Uh, but uh, an important thing is that Drusen is there. Exactly. Um, yes. And so Drusen is like, ha, huh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's creepy. And it's, and then he gets in a conversation with him. And um, he starts to tell him his history because at this point, Yosef starts to kind of have some memories of uh, being made. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where Drusen starts to kind of tell him his history and how he was made. And this is where it's like, as Lee's stories go, things come together. It's usually creepy. You didn't see it coming. I don't understand all of it either. That's why we're going to, like... So, um... He... At this... Now a smile split Drusen's face, and none of the kind ladies and handsome gentlemen who had welcomed the clocksmith into their parlors would have recognized this wolf. His many teeth. You owe no loyalty to Clara. I made you in my workshop, he said. Between your jaws, I placed a child's finger bone and then crack. What? Like, I mean, like, I understand it goes on and says... So, page 177. Oh. You were a child I stole from a sick ward. Where you had tendons, I wound string. Where you had bones, I fixed wood and metal. You screamed and screamed until I took your vocal cords and made your throat a hollow. I would fill with silence or any words I liked. So he okay. <laughs> So in that instance it is kind of Pinocchio. Yeah, definitely Pinocchio. But like backwards. Yes. It's it's, uh, it's reverse Pinocchio. He was a kid and he made him into a wooden toy. Yes. And I don't know if you got the same kind of feeling, but we I feel like we start to at this point then realize that it's not this has been Drusen's plan the whole time. And also, this is kind of like he's got the same eyes as Drusen. Yeah, like, he's kind of made him into his likeness. Yeah, there's some kind of weird connection. Um, and it's just kind it is creepy. Um so and he like so he starts kind of like caving back like he was almost out the door, in other words, like with yeah. his imagination, and now Drusen's kind of got him back to and when he goes back into being normal nutcracker, he's going to go back to being a nutcracker. He's not going to be an actual human anymore. Yeah, because he starts to lose touch with what he wants and he starts to believe I'm just a toy. It's what I was made to do. So he go, he shrinks back into a toy and Drusen takes him and is about to throw him in the fire, like picks him up yep. and throws him at the fire. Uh, but uh the rats all come to <laughs> his aid. His aid, uh, which is, I guess, we knew is that, that he wasn't. Nutcracker? Is that like in the real story? Do the like? Does he almost get thrown in a fire and the rats come and save him? No. Okay, I don't know. Um, I don't know the. But we knew that he wasn't going to like just that. We we all knew something was going to happen. Like he can't yeah. just like be thrown in the fire and everybody goes ha ha that's it so (laughs) we built this whole story up and now you're just dead yeah um so then he kind of comes back and he's like a father (laughs) which like turns him into a man again um it's what he's always wanted yeah so because he was an orphan baby yeah well he just found out um that he wasn't yeah, but like you have that like as want. a a core memory or whatever. Like, yeah, I was an abandoned child, and now I want a daddy. That's so, not. I didn't mean it that way. Ooh, well, 
I mean, it's already weird, so let's just make it, it weirder. Is, and I feel like this is a reverse psychology moment with Druzen and the Nutcracker, or Yosef, because, like, then they've got this, there's some connection that they have. Like, I've, I feel weird saying this, but, like, he is, like, they're each other. Like, they almost are, like, his soul, like, I've, because it's just weird, like, all of a sudden, when the nut, Yosef starts, like, saying, I wanted a father, like, and you are my father, you're the one that created me, um. You breathed life into me with all the love in your heart. Yeah, I don't know if there was a lot of love in that heart. But well, yeah, because he comes back with, I crafted you with skill and determination, Oh, so the love of oh yeah, it, that's and that's the love that which is all just it took. Weird, it is. Uh, but anyway, he tells him that he was, um, he was basically a messenger, a spy, um, and that that was it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Drusen starts like um, shrinking. Yep, and here it is. He picked up Druzen, cradled him gently in the crook of his arm. This is our nutcracker, by the way. That's how much you loved me, father. He opened the door to the cabinet and placed the charming little doll with its pale blue eyes inside, enough to give your life for mine. Bam. And this is this was a really cool part if you were looking um, at the art, because all of a sudden where the nutcracker was... It's an empty slot. Yeah. Um, I love that. I really like, I just, I love those little things. And the, the guy doesn't have Clara as a, uh, a puppet anymore. No. Yeah. You're right. I didn't even notice that one. Yeah. She, um, she's down, down there playing. What's that seal doing though? Like, I mean, when, if you go back to the puppet with Clara, like there's a, like a, it's like a circus seal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, he uh, shows up really early on. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Yep. Um, and then if you notice, like, behind the... Oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, so if you didn't think it could get any creepier, it does. Um, Clara but, becomes an author. She, which is she weird. She sells her pearl earrings and moves to Ketterdam, and... It makes me feel her like... Her whole family is in ruins, and... But they, it it makes me feel like we shouldn't. Clara is somebody that we're supposed to know. I felt like the way it was like. There's a line in here. She wrote fantastical tales that charm children, and under another name, she penned rather more lurid works that kept her in nougat and sweet cream, which she always took care to share with the mice. Um, she, I don't know. I um. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm always trying to find an Easter egg, even if there's not one. <laughs> so, um, however, I do love that Fred. Um, I guess they this whole family they didn't put this in the beginning, but I they own a tea company. Uh huh. Yeah. Cheers to some tea. <laughs> um, Frederick. I mean, just goes off and does his normal thing. Oh, and yeah, he um he just kind of keeps traveling. And, oh, yeah, and after also when, like, the party's over and um, our Nutcracker becomes human, he runs away. And um, <laughs> yep. the next morning, Clara is just devastated. She's kind of like my turtle Sam. She won't eat um, for days, and she just weeps. But then she became becomes that fantastic author that I guess is feeding mice who knows um it's just weird it i i didn't really understand the connect the ending i really to to be honest like i was kind of creeped out by because it ends with like okay the family is ruined however the children are away from there and they're living happy lives but the parents are still in this like house and the mother is like practically like a it sounds like a ghost of her daughter just wandering around why? Why is she like? I mean, do you see? That's why I think there was some kind of weird spell with this whole thing because, like, the mother starts saying what the daughter said. Like, 
Are you mine? Are you my darling? To the... Oh, to the Drusen thing. To Drusen's... Drusen. Yeah. To Drusen's Drusen? No, the Drusen's Nutcracker. Like, he's he's the new... Well, yeah, he's the new... Yeah. Yeah, so she's doing the same thing to him. Like, are you mine? Are you my darling? But he's not a Nutcracker. He is actually just this ugly doll. Um... So but she's like she does that while her husband is sleeping. <laughs> yeah. So, see this whole family. Like, I mean, ugh. Yeah. If you ever meet the Zelverhaus girls, run away, and boys. Yeah, everyone, just turn around. All of them. Yes. Um. However, um, the <laughs> very last page that has words on it, um, the pic they finally the image that we've been of the that has been Drusen the whole time that's grown disappears. And we finally see the other side of the cabinet, which is cool. Um, I think it's a neat little touch. Um, and yeah, the very last, we just have to read the last two sentences. The clock chimed softly somewhere in the house. She could hear her husband snoring. Are you mine? (laughs) And that's how it ended. Um, and now, Okay, so, producer Christopher Mann, um, so, let's look at, there are two images. Image one, we're going to look at real quickly. Okay, so this is the image of what we've seen being created this whole time, and what we learned from Aaron Stein is that they, normally, like, this would be the very ending image. However, this one, this story is different because... We watch this grow. However, now let's look at image two. Because this is the this is actually the picture that's shown. And this is, it's got some of the things that we've watched grow. But it's also, it's very different. It's, I think it's really kind of cool. I think that, obviously, um, we've got Yosef. Standing there, I think that's him because he's like wearing that like, and then that's poor ugly Drusen. But yeah, um, and look how yeah, and look at that hair; it's just hideous. (laughs) And those um, those poor Easter eggs have been up there in the left hand corner the whole time, just looking down. (laughs) The Humpty Dumpties. Oh, yeah, they are. Of course, I think it's an Easter egg. Um. (laughs) But, um, this is a, this just, there's all these images that we see the fairies, which I love because, you know, I, I'm obsessed with fairies and they actually got, they were brought into the story. Um, however, the cats in the bottom that are looking up, I don't get them. They, um, they're like aristic cats. <laughs> no, there's a lot of stuff in there that we didn't like it, hear about. It's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's it's just a cabinet where things were kept. So now I can finally talk about this. So the little doll girl that was with the rats at the very bottom image, the one that is like, I guess maybe it's the princess that, maybe it's the puppet that's loose that looks like the same image. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, well, I didn't catch it till uh, <laughs> now. I'm, you know. I mean, oops. Um, okay. Well... That's amazing. Um, what I want, what I think is weird, is the thing to the right of her. What is that like, ant-looking, robotic, futuristic bug? Who knows? It. Well, I want it. I want like I want to dress up as that. Um, I think that's just so weird. And then the only other question I have before we end this is. He's standing in front of something, and I really want, like, that you can see something's drawn, but I wonder what it is. <laughs> like, it's dolls. It's their hair and a bonnet. Well, you know, just. Well, thank you. I'm glad Terry is my brain because I would have probably never known. Well, okay. So that was that story. Um, I. I think I liked it so much because, seriously, I don't think I'd ever read that before. I don't know how I missed it, so it was just kind of, like, new to me. But um, it it was 
it was weird. It definitely had some inappropriate stuff, um, some weird matchmaking thing. However, the evil guy did get, like, what was coming to him. He married Claire's mom, pretty much, I think. <laughs> Maybe they got together. Maybe, who knows? It, mm. I don't know. Um, however, next week, guys, it is the finale, the story we've all been waiting for, and the story that Terry has only heard about because she's, uh, whenever she's looked it up, she said that that's all she hears about. Um, and it is fantastic. Um, it's long, so if you actually have not read this one, um, it's not like a pick up and read real quickly. Um, when Water Sang Fire is a incredible story. It's a great way to, it's the ending of us covering, we will finish every single Grisha verse related piece. Yeah. With this story. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. That's cool. Yeah. And what's neat is there's a lot of, there's some Easter eggs in it. So, um, okay. So, well, yes. Um, we, um, we do not have any Grishcast news. Um, but we do say hello to our Grisha in the field because even though we don't have news, we know that Alex is out there. So we love you, Alex. We hope that you find news sometime and we'll see you then. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, um, yeah. So, well, it has been a great show. I'm, I'm kind of sad right now realizing that, like, next week is just, like, the end of this Grishaverse stuff. It's weird to me. <laughs> um, like, we start, like, okay, yeah. So, okay, we'll tune in next week, guys, because it's it's our finale of the Grishaverse stuff. And it's a, it's a doozy. So, love you all. Long live the Grishaverse. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. At GrishaCast. And thank you to Gio and our incredible staff, Chris, Alex, Michelle, Sid, and Chloe. 